This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Thursday, November 10th. I'm Nyla Boudou. On the show today, election denial in Pennsylvania, plus the Vietnam Veterans Memorial on its 40th anniversary. But first... I've never been more optimistic about America's future than I am today. Biden seizes the moment. That's today's one big thing. President Joe Biden defied history with the midterm election results by avoiding a wave of Republican victories and made his first public address about it yesterday afternoon. It was a good day, I think, for democracy. And I think it was a good day for America. Axios' Hans Nichols covers the Biden administration and is here now with how much this win changes the matrix for President Biden. Hey, Hans. Morning. How much of this is a reboot for President Biden? Sort of a retool. Maybe I'm splitting hairs there. But, you know, what you heard from the president last night was sort of not a victory lap, but a victory sigh. And what the messaging they're working on, and they've been planning for this for months now in the White House, because they kind of always knew that they would lose the House. They didn't know by what extent, but they knew they'd lose it. And what you really heard from the president was the dual message. And that is, look, I'm willing to work with Republicans. We need to do Ukraine funding on the foreign policy space. But he went out of his way at several points to talk about mega, MAGA Republicans and to talk about cuts to Social Security and how he'll use his veto pen He really wants to sharpen the distinction between him and the Congress that he's running against. And that's the path to reelection. That's what so many senior officials think. There was a point where he was asked during the news conference about the idea that America has been under this fever and how much the election changed that. How did he answer that? Well, he doesn't really have an answer. He has an aspiration. And his hope is this. He just keeps being Biden and reaches out a hand and extends that hand that eventually more Republicans and centrists and moderates will come towards him. At the same time, look, there is a recognition at the highest levels in the White House that having sort of a rump Trump faction within the Republican Party helps Biden politically because it's a foil. And as I said, it helps them sharpen the distinction to really make that contrast. Hans, what are you hearing from inside the administration about how much these wins or these Republican losses give Biden and the administration more of a mandate and, as you said, sort of sharpen that message over the next two years? You know, I think what I heard the most from the president was a combination and senior aides as well, but a combination of frustration and crowing, crowing that the media got it wrong. This is supposed to be a red wave. You guys, you were talking about us losing 30 to 50 seats and this is going to no, we're That's not going to happen. Crowing that Biden yet again has been underestimated. He defied expectations. Yes, they're going to lose anywhere from, you know, 15 to 20 seats. We don't know what the final number is, if it's 12 to 20 in the House. But that's much better than the historical average. 
There's a little bit of a chip on the president's shoulder, if I can say that, about the media coverage, but they love the vindication. And boy, did they feel it these last 24 or 36 hours. Axios White House reporter Hans Nichols covers the Biden administration for us. Thanks, Hans. Thanks for having me. In a moment, the Pennsylvania GOP learns from election denier Doug Mastriano's loss. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Boudou. In Pennsylvania, Republican gubernatorial candidate Doug Mastriano was defeated last night by Democrat Josh Shapiro, but Mastriano hasn't conceded. That's not a surprise, since Mastriano denied the validity of the 2020 presidential election results, spread rumors of voter fraud, and was at the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021. He's a high-profile election denier and one of at least 260 that were on the ballot across the country this year. Axios reporter Mike Donofrio is here with more from Philadelphia. Hey, Mike. Hi, how are you doing? Mike, Doug Mastriano didn't win, and as of this taping, he hasn't conceded. Are political observers in Pennsylvania worried he won't accept this loss? I think it's there's a pretty good possibility that he will not accept the loss. I wouldn't be surprised. So, Mike, when we're thinking about these election deniers that were on the ballot across the country, nine were candidates that were running for governor, five for secretary of state, five for Senate, 31 for the House. As we focus on Pennsylvania, Mastriano's platform, as you've said, obviously didn't succeed. How do you think his run helped mainstream election denying on the national stage? I think it gave him a platform, uh, a very and very loud megaphone to get his his message across and to reach people. I don't think he would have gotten the press that he uh, about the issues that he was bringing up, his false claims that he would have without winning the uh, the Republican nomination for for governor. Does his loss tell us about how Pennsylvania voters reacted to his claims of voter fraud and his denial of the 2020 election? I would say it's pretty clear that voters in Pennsylvania rejected his claims about voter fraud and concerns over the 2020 election. He only garnered about 42 percent of the vote. I think one of the biggest impacts of Mastriano losing will be felt in the 2024 election. The Democrat Josh Shapiro has pledged to protect voting rights but also the governor gets to appoint Secretary of State who oversees elections in the state. So if Mastriano were to win, there would be several questions raised about um, the presidential 2024 election because he would have had influence over the person overseeing the election. Mike, does this send any message to the Pennsylvania GOP about candidates they should be backing in their platforms? I think the Pennsylvania GOP has a lot of soul searching to do. They have lost the last three gubernatorial elections, and Mastriano, in many ways, was a a flawed candidate. Axios Philadelphia reporter Mike Donofrio. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Tomorrow is Veterans Day, and Sunday marks 40 years since the Vietnam Veterans Memorial was erected on the National Mall here in Washington, D.C., The memorial's executive director and co-founder, Robert Duback, helped bring it to life after his own military service. I had served in Vietnam in 1969 in a non-combat role, but I did identify with my service in Vietnam, and I did meet some very, some of the finest people I met in my life there. And I came back to Washington, D.C., and I went to law school, and the idea of being a Vietnam veteran was something you didn't talk about. It was very low on the status scale of the upcoming professional set in Washington. 
I spoke with Bob earlier this week at the memorial as we sat across from the iconic black granite wall inscribed with the 58,000 names of U.S. Armed Forces who were either killed or went missing in action in Vietnam. This is not only a space for the memory of people who lost their lives, this memorial honors all who served with a special tribute to those who did not return. And remembrance is important because the Vietnam War and the Vietnam era was a very traumatic period in our country. The memorial went from idea to reality in just a few years, which Dubeck told me had to do with the mood around the war. There was a pent-up sense of guilt and responsibility in the country for the way the veterans had been treated. And our theme, rather than of a divisive one, of getting back at the anti-war movement or proving the war was wrong, was national reconciliation. Because we felt that people who opposed the war, people who supported the war, could agree on the veterans had served honorably and well and deserve to be recognized for their service. And since then, Dubeck says it has been serving its purpose. Probably one of the first instances of wall magic happened on the day it was opened to the public, or the day we dedicated it on November 13th, uh, 40 years ago. And there were two veterans side by side looking for names at a certain date on the wall. And they looked, they bumped into each other and realized that they were each looking for the other's name. They had all those, those years assumed that their comrade had died. And they found out that they both had survived and they were standing right next to each other. Today, Dubek told me the memorial has helped change the narrative around those who fought in the war. We style it as a veterans memorial and not a war memorial. Its purpose was to honor and recognize the veterans, not to commemorate the war. And I think it's played a pivotal role in a cultural shift to separating the war from the warrior, because the men and women who have served in the Middle East and in the Gulf, you know, are respected, whether people have felt that those wars have been a good policy or not. Robert Dubeck is the executive director and co-founder of the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, which marks 40 years this weekend. Tomorrow at 1 o'clock, there'll be a ceremony at the wall that'll be live-streamed. We'll include a link in our show notes. Axios Today is produced by Robin Lin, Fonda Mwangi, Lydia McMullen-Laird, and Naomi Shaven. Our sound engineer is Alex Sugiyara. Alexandra Boti is our supervising producer, and Sarah Kailani Gu is Axios's editor-in-chief. Special thanks, as always, to Axios co-founder Mike Allen. Thanks so much for following us for the last few days. We'd love your feedback. You can send me a text at 202-918-4893. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe this Veterans Day weekend, and we'll see you back here on Monday. For the Economist's analysis of the results of the midterms and where America's headed, listen to the Checks and Balance podcast, where John Prito and his colleagues assess democracy in America, and they take a view without taking sides. Join them today and start listening to Checks and Balance wherever you get your podcasts.